Yeah, I know it's uh, been a while uh, since I was in the uh, studio, but... Um... Hello. You hear me? Can you... You got, you got to put the headphones on. Yeah, there it is. Uh, a bit better? Yeah. Sorry, but uh, a little bit rusty. That's all good. Um, where you been? It's been ages. Yeah, I know, like, um, I'd like to blame it on a summer break. I was thinking about putting a sort of automatic email on my subscription service, but I'll be honest with you, I got, you know, I got a bit dispirited. Um, <clears throat> the, um, I was, for the first time, I hadn't really wanted to look at them, but for the first time since, uh, since I brought out my manifesto for the age of despair, I was sort of looking at the statistics who's actually who's actually been reading it downloading it subscribers and stuff and I, yeah it, it didn't make for good reading and i think yeah, that was that was about a month ago no sorry a couple of months ago and you know i was on a sort of on a bit of a high you know making making one episode a week and then you know, the weather went a bit shit as well and everything and everyone was a bit down again and now, you know, the, um, well, one, the sun's out and two, I'll be honest with you, I, I started to get these emails on my Substack saying new subscriber to Blog Standard, new subscriber to Blog Standard and, you know, these were popping off like quite a lot in one day, which isn't normal at all and... So I thought, all right, this is this is good then, isn't it? But um, so then I booked in, you know, I gave, you know, uh, booked in another hour in the studio with you, which um, discussed before isn't cheap, but I started to get uh, a bit of motivation for it again. And then, uh, unfortunately, I realised that that was the same subscriber who was obviously very confused trying to subscribe over and over again and managing to subscribe, cancelling their subscription somehow, subscribing again. They did that about five times in a day. I won't mention who it was, don't embarrass them. But obviously they're not particularly good with the on a computer. And that, um, yeah. So I'm sort of on this false high of motivation back in the studio with you. And um, at least, at least it did get me... Get me back in here, you know. I thought, um, you know, this this time I thought I was going to deviate, as I have done before, from my manifesto um, to tell a um, a flash fiction story. Actually, okay. all right. Um, do you need anything for that? Are you good? Well, I thought I would. I would need a bit of a bit of uh, music behind it to add to the atmosphere again I mean I have yeah you don't want to sound like sort of literary crybaby but I have uh, I have also faced a bit of rejection when it comes to the flash fiction I mean I submitted I submitted the story the other day to a website called Flash Frog it popped up on my email I've got this sort of writer's thing and I thought you know I've been working on diversifying my content and I thought I'll try out this flash fiction, which, for those who don't know, is basically like a very short form of fiction. It's under a certain 
word count that I've now actually forgotten, but um, I did two two different flash fictions. One was about aimed at children for a sort of um, scattergun approach. Try the children's market, children's book market, and I thought I I wrote very short story about an egg that wears a bathrobe called Softy Pofty. Um, I actually got in a bit of a fight with my father afterwards because it was slightly based on his look. and um, But it's a multicoloured dressing gown egg called Softy Pofty and submitted it to a few children's book publishers and, yeah, you would be surprised how brutal people in the children's book market can be and they um you know i thought it was a good idea actually you know it's like using these stories about softy pofty um to sort of relate modern modern issues and the way that modern life can be difficult and um but yeah it turns out loads of people are doing stuff like that they weren't interested i don't know yeah so i've abandoned softy pofty and i also wrote a short story about uh, my friend um, Senor Trage, which I submitted to, yeah, this this website, Flash Frog, which for a start looked very dodgy. I mean, I've made my own website, and I don't claim it's incredible, but it's not that hard. And these lot have done a shocking job, so I don't know what kind of organisation we're dealing with there. And they only give you $20, even if they do accept your piece. And I mean, $20, like now, that's... I don't even know how to convert dollars, but if you were trying to live off that, it'd be absolutely ridiculous. So, anyway, they weren't interested anyway. So, yeah, some uh, flash fiction coming up, coming up later today. But, um, yeah, I was also... I was talking to my friend yesterday who... I won't I won't name her. But she was telling me about um this guy who who'd come to visit her here in Copenhagen, um who he was he's a sort of like uh socialist type, you know, doing a lot of like organisation, community organisation, uh, back home in, in Scotland and sort of claimed to be coming over here to visit her based on based on these sort of political activities, like he was doing something in the Copenhagen branch. And anyway, they, they, they were at a sort of political event uh, together all day. And <clears throat> after, he, after a lot of political discussions, I mean, bearing in mind, she is actually quite left-wing, it got to the point where he had sort of such staunch dogmatic opinions that by the end of the day she accused him of being a Stalinist. And anyway, he was he didn't take kindly to that. And he, he kept on denying that he was a Stalinist. But then she said that at the end of the day he let slip that he actually had Stalin bedsheets and a Stalin phone background, which just, in my opinion, that's just that's just not on, is it? 
I mean, what's next? Like Mussolini slippers, Chairman Mao, Chairman Mao kettle, Idi Amin bathtub. I mean, I like, I do, yeah, there is something, there's something funny about having a sort of fairly innocuous domestic item, which is dictator-themed. But, yeah, Stalin, Stalin bedsheets, Stalin duvet cover, single set, obviously, was just, just not on. Anyway, that's, I think that's enough of me waffling on for the day. I think, um, yeah, so I want to read out this flash fiction. I need to give it a bit more impetus. I need, and I, I need a bit of, uh, need a bit of music behind it. Please. Yeah, uh, let's try something. Try this one out, see if this works. Okay. That's quite, yeah, yeah, I quite like that, actually. I haven't got my script up yet, though. That's, you're meant to do that for me, and I've uh, only got this tiny little notepad. Yeah, give me a minute, one second. Wish I was at the off-by-heart stage of my career, but I'm definitely not there yet. All right, it should be up. Can you see that? Oh, yeah, I can see it now. Shall I get going? Yeah, I'm rolling. I'm back in London and as anxious as fuck. I give Senor Tredge a call. Senor Tredge is an aristocrat who's about 50th in line to the throne and first in line at the chicken shop. He has a penchant for nights out on the source at the Korean karaoke bar. He's posh. Not cooming on your Birkenstocks, posh. Don't give a fuck, posh. Unapologetic skid marks in the downstairs toilet, posh. Tredge appears from around the corner and shuffles to the front of the pub. All right, I said. All right. I had a falafel kebab earlier and I'm feeling mad gassy, said Tredge. Sorry to hear that. How's your chicken consumption? Bad. Can't stop sneaking to the shop on my way home at night. We walk into the dark pub to a row of geezers with newspapers. They simultaneously turn... The kind of turn the aged do, a kind of slow-motion swivel. In unison, they utter a small, all right. The row contained a lot of leather jackets and bald heads. Eggs atop aubergines. How you doing? I asked Tredge. Jesus Christ, man. Was at my godfather's this weekend, and he's on his last legs with the cancer. Had a kind of weird, hungover, naked hot tub experience, too. Tredge's godfather Fred trails around the countryside smoking eight joints and drinking eight Red Bulls every day to balance himself out. Ten years prior I'd gone on a cycling trip with Fred. When we met him at Dover, I thought we'd got the wrong guy. He looked like Gollum on a hangover and with a slightly seedier outfit. He was liberated though. He wore bright pink Nike Air Maxes and jumped nude into water whenever we came across it on our cycle through Holland. Yeah, Tredge said. He insisted on a hungover naked hot tub session in the morning. Problem was, Fred's so light these days from the illness. He kept on floating up to the surface of the tub, balls first. You'd see his balls emerge, and then you'd know the rest was coming. Like... Well, like a bullcock. But it wasn't a bullcock. It was a cock and balls. 
I can barely focus on this testicular tail. I'm gazing at the bar, at the row of cockney aubergines with their newspapers. We got up for a game of darts, but every time I throw, I immediately forget what number I've got. I've reached the dissociated state, thinking so heavily that all form of presence has escaped me. I now only exist in thought, waiting to be soothed back into a reality that feels it will never return. My phone rang. I dropped the dart. I darted out of the pub. <laughs>